Glad to see you, and we are here together for a reason. We're here to magnify our great God and Father, and I am looking forward to doing it. Let's open in prayer, and then we're going to sing a song together. Father, we thank you for carving out this time for us. You are right here in this room with us. You care about us. You have a plan for us. And Father, we really want to connect with you. So help us get our sinful nature out of the way. Help us set aside the things that are coming after this, the things that are stressing us or worrying us, and help us to have a meaningful evening with you. God, we want to see mountains moved in your name and for your glory. We want to see souls saved. We want to see people healed. We want to see marriages restored. All of these things are easy for you. You are not limited in the least. And we are just so grateful to know you as our almighty God. We're grateful to know you as our intimate father. And we are just so thankful also for this church, a very, very special place that you've allowed us to belong. Give us hearts that want to praise you tonight as we sing in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a very oldie, but a goodie in my opinion. This is a classic right off the dusty shelves. Shout to the Lord. Let's sing it together. Debbie, can you hit the song shortcut so that I get this, the correct back screen? That would be sweet. All right, let's sing together. Shout to the Lord. You guys know this one, right? right. Straight out of the 80s. You're going to love it. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to stall as much as possible for you, Rosie, but I'm not as good as John O'Neill, so you have to just do your best. Let every breath 
I just want to praise the Lord for continued witnessing opportunities. We went out uh, Monday again with the crew at George Mason University. And uh, it's interesting when I was, there was like 15, I think, laborers we had there. And um, it was interesting at the end because I'm usually just the guy that, me and a couple other guys, we just sit there and pass out tracks a lot. But there's no others that they don't pass out as many, but they look for conversations. And so one of the neat things is when they were finished, they, we usually get together and they have a testimony time, like what happened. And it was really cool because you were just hearing all the different testimonies of conversations of people that were all over the place spiritually. And one guy was, um, he was from the Muslim faith, but he really hadn't studied out like the biblical account of Christ and who Christ actually said he was and what the Bible actually said he was. And so they were able to help him with some misunderstandings he had. And by the end of it, he was like, I really, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to go research that. And so I was praising the Lord for that. And then there was a guy I met. Um, and I, I say this a lot. It's cool. It's the people God brings to this world that are in restricted nations. But he, this guy was named Ahmed. He's from Pakistan. And although we didn't um, have much of a witness opportunity, because he was just more like, I'm Muslim. You're Christian. We got similarities. And yeah. And so it was still great to talk to him and talk to um, the police officers that were there and just talk to them and thank them for being there and ask them what could we pray for. And they were like, a quiet night would be nice. <laughs> and so we prayed for that. And it was just cool to hear young and old giving testimony because there was a couple of senior saint ladies that were there with us. And they were like, yeah, it was great. We had like three conversations with people and seeing where they were. And so I'm praising the Lord for that. And then secondly, on base, I go to get my haircut, and there's the ladies that are in there usually are from either Korea or Vietnam, mostly Korean, but there's one lady from Vietnam. And I'd given her a Bible in Vietnamese like a year ago probably, and I'd put it on the inside a sticker of our church in there and stuff for her. And so later, when I had come back after being deployed, she was cutting my hair, and she said, oh, yeah, I remember you gave me that Bible. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, I've been reading it. And so we were talking about that, about church and all that, and then I hadn't seen her for a while and then yesterday I was getting my hair cut by a different lady and then when I finished we were going to walk by and I saw that Bible sitting in her workstation on top and it had like some wear and tear on it as if like she's been holding it and reading it regularly so she wasn't awesome. just telling me that right. I could literally see the Bible right there and it was yeah. the cover was starting to look faded from her for her using that it. That is exciting. 
Because when you told me that first, she said she was reading it. I was like, sure she is. Yeah, I know. But now we know she's reading it. That's yeah. great. And awesome. so I'm just praying about that. I'm praying for some Korean Bibles. I hit up a Korean church to see where they get them to try to find the best deal. But So I can give the other ladies some. Because they've got tracks before. But mm-hmm. I'd like to give them a copy of the scriptures too and see what God does with that. <laughs> He'll do a lot. Amen. He will do a lot with his word. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. Who else has a praise they want to share? Good things. Good things that we can give God glory for. I'm just glad to be here with all of you fine people. It is special to be in this room tonight. I'm going to be honest, though. I'm a little tired tonight, and that's not usually something I feel. I told Debbie I got my flu vaccine yesterday, and I think that might be why I'm feeling tired. Anyone else? Praises? Well, let's... Oh, Bobby. Thank you. Thank you for saving me tonight. Okay. Here's the microphone. I had my brother and his wife. They spent two nights with me. Now, she's got uh, dementia. Um, Praises that I said, I told her, I say, I love you. And you know what? She said, I love you. But she doesn't talk hardly any. So that's, I think that was a praise that, yeah. So I tried to help my brother out a little bit, like combing her hair or what else did I do? I cut her nails for her and stuff like that. Good. That's great. I don't have much to report. No, that's a good report. I don't live a very exciting life. (laughs) I'm thrilled. I don't cut any people's nails. So, hey. Well, let's praise God for these two things. Father, we thank you so much for the way that you're using Stephen Carroll at our church to inspire and motivate us and others to get the word out. You use all of us in different ways, and we are so thankful that you do because... Every human is different, and they all need a different approach. I'm thankful for people like Stephen, who are so mission-forward and are ready to get hundreds and hundreds of tracks out and to preach in the street and to have conversations. I pray that you would bless him with much fruit for all of the effort that he's putting forth. And I thank you for these awesome conversations he had at George Mason, and I thank you for the lady at his haircutting place who is actually reading your word. Father, Draw her closer and closer to you. Help her to see her true condition. We don't know yet if she's saved or not, but you certainly do. But we care about her, even though we don't know her name. We care about that lady, and so I pray, Father, that the next time she reads your word, something would hit her so hard that she would recognize her incredibly deep need for a Savior, and that she would meet Jesus and that she would be changed forever by the power of his blood, by the power of his resurrection. And we're so thankful that you can do that, God. I also thank you, and I praise you for Bobby Hanna and for the way that she loves her family. Thank you for the sweet time she had with them. We praise you for that, and we praise you for Bobby herself being here. And I also want to continue to praise you for Maria being here, one of our new members, God. It's so nice to get to know her and to be a part of the family together. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Next, time to sing a song, isn't it? Let's sing Knowing You. That's another oldie but a goodie, one that I very much enjoy. What is there better than knowing him? Knowing him intimately. That should be something we're all striving for. All I once held dear, built my life upon world I have counted loss 
part about knowing the power of his risen life. We are buried with him in baptism, but we're also raised with him. We have that power, that resurrection power. Love it. Our God is amazing. Let's praise him some more together. Tammy, what's the update at work? Are you still feeling used by God where you are? Oh, I, I, I sure am. Um, it seems like every day someone asks for me to sing a song. Uh, so that's great. I mean, a Christian song. Like today was Amazing Grace, so that was really nice. Um, and even just being able to talk with my coworkers about the Lord, that's been amazing. Um, and, I, you know, I, I thank God for changing me. I mean, I was not always like I am today. Really? I know, right? I and really helping me to be more of an example um, of what a changed life can be in Christ. So it's been, it's been awesome. Yeah. Definitely awesome. Yes. Yep. 
well, God, thank you so much for using Tammy where she is. You placed her in a special spot where she can not only use her speech pathology skills, but she can use her beautiful voice to encourage the patients, to point them to Christ. I thank you for the testimony that she has with her coworkers and for the fact that you're using her to draw people to you. I pray that her testimony would be sweet and powerful and that she would be able to lead some of her coworkers to Christ. What a wonderful celebration we could have in this room when we hear about how you have done that through Tammy. So thank you for what you're doing in her life. Who else? Tom, give us an update. What's going on in your life? What good things is God doing for you right now? Well, you know, I could probably spend a long time. God's just been good. I mean, just, it amazes me. You know, um, I'm thankful for the, uh, every day I look around and say, well, gee, I'm my age. <laughs> and thankful that he's allowed me to still be function, still have our family. You know, our family's just, uh, we've been so blessed yes. with, with the kids, the grandkids, now the great-grandkids, they're getting big. I'm, I'm wondering if I could, uh, you know, get to where they're big enough to have great, great grandkids, but I'm not that uh, optimistic. <laughs> You're going strong, I see. So. Yeah, let me put it that way. But God's just been good. It, it, it's every day I thank him for, for all our blessings. And I thank him for being here during the time life span I've had. I've had a blessed life, and I think all of us, whether... We realize it or not, we've had a special time in history. We've been here. God put us here for a reason, but That's it's right. just been a great life in this country. Amen. Uh, I'm worried about our country, but it's so far it's just been just been a great blessing. We're yes, just, it has been. Amen. It has been. Anyone else want to share a praise? Well, let's pray tonight for Robert. That's how you say his name, correct? Robert is the pastor of the church that we are now sponsoring in Peru. This is a big deal, you guys. We are sending a lot of money to Peru to get this church really thriving. And the pastors are gonna be going there very soon in March, right? February. They're leaving tomorrow. And they're going February 19th down to Peru to meet this man and to find out exactly how we can help when we go there as a church in August, August 5th through 13th. We're going to take a missions trip to Peru. So we need to pray for Robert as he's getting this church going, but also on a more personal level, his wife just had a miscarriage. And this is sort of an, it was an unexpected pregnancy. This would have been their fifth child. So we need to pray for Robert and his wife as they're going through the loss of this sweet life that they were expecting. And we also need to pray for their strength and their, just their faithfulness as they serve on the field. I'm sure it could be discouraging. So let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this church in Trujillo. We thank you for the fact that you are using us to be a blessing to them. God, I know that it's going to end up being a tremendous blessing for us to get involved in this church's life, to support them and to help them through some of the difficult times and to provide the encouragement they need to take it one step at a time. We know that Robert and his wife must be feeling a lot of emotions right now after his wife's miscarriage. But we know that absolutely nothing happens without your permission. You are all-powerful, you are mighty, and you are, above all, good. And so we know that this did not take you by surprise. But I pray, Father, that you would use this situation, just like you always do, for their good, for their development, for your glory. I pray that the church around him would see how he surrenders his life and his emotions to you 
and brings himself in line with your will, humbly submitting to you because you always know what's best. Please heal his wife's heart, as I'm sure she is heartbroken. Strengthen the whole church, and I pray for our pastors as they're getting ready to go down there to do a survey trip. I pray that that survey trip would be extremely successful and that it would be informative, and I pray that it would get our missions trip off to a great start. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now prayer requests. I just started us off with one rather somber one. What else can we pray about tonight? Yes, Amanda. My son has diligently been working on his um, application for graduate school at Catholic University, and he's nervous about it, of course. Um, just keep him in his prayer. It's it's due tonight and or tomorrow, and um, just pray that he gets the funding that um, he needs in. And I know he'll get accepted, that he's exceptional. So, yeah. And this, I, I just want to kind of toot the horn. <laughs> this right here is a scarf that, I, that he brought me home from India. Oh, how sweet. Yeah. Remind us of his name. Andrew. Okay, I was going to say Matthew. It's one of those disciples. <laughs> All right, Stephen, I'm going to have you pray for that request after we hear from Dana. Thank you. Yes, uh, pray for Becca. She's had a rough week this week. Pray for her, please, continuing that. Pray for um, her sister, Hannah. She has, she's recovering from pneumonia, so she has some other health needs, too. Just pray for healing, strength, and um, to pray for Kenny. He's feeling better, but he came back from the men's thing, had a little bug, but he's doing better. So, and I know it's going around again. Um, and uh, thank you for that. And pray for Michael as he leads his family for strength and just um, right decisions. Amen. Thank you. Thank you all, too, for helping them so much. Absolutely. And you, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had mentioned that. Yes. Okay. Uh, um, and my Aunt Alice, the loss of her husband. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Stephen, you ready, brother? Feel free to add it. Nothing right now, just a, just a prayer to, that we stay faithful at home because we've been having the daily Bible readings together and sometimes we get through them all together before I have to go to work and sometimes it's we do a chapter or two and then it's like, okay, you finish and I'll finish on the way to work. So, so we're already in Leviticus now, so we're rejoicing in that. A great book. <laughs> all right, let's pray. Lord, thank you once again for this opportunity to be here. God, what a privilege that you have given us in this local church and our pastors that lead us and just people that have opened the doors and made it possible for the lights to be on and for the temperature to be just right and for the Holy Spirit to have a place to come in and work in our hearts and minds and allow us to sing your praises and hear the word of God being preached. And Lord, we don't take that lightly and we rejoice in this local church that you've given to us and that you are sustaining. God, we thank you for um, Andrew, and we ask that you would please help him with this grad school application. Just give him tremendous wisdom just to fill things out the right way, and if there's any supporting documents or other things that they need to see, like transcripts and all that, we pray that that would all just be in place 
and that there'd be no issues, that the application process would be reviewed and passed with flying colors so he can start the program and get on with his studies. And then we also pray for Rebecca, and, and, and it's been a rough week so far, but we just pray for your healing hand upon her, that you would just help the rest of this week to just be a complete turnaround, a complete 180, and that we would just see tremendous healing, tremendous improvement in her health, that she would have much, much to praise you for, that any of the symptoms she's feeling now would just clear up immediately. We also pray for Hannah and for her to be healed. She's not been feeling well also. We just pray for that and, for, and uh, just ask your healing hand, God, please. And for Kenny as well. God, he's here tonight. We rejoice in that, but God, we just pray for him and the others in our church that came back from the men's prayer advance that caught some kind of bug, some kind of cold, and we just pray that all of it would clear out and that they'd be restored back to just their normal health, just great health. And we also pray for uh, Michael as he's leading the house right now, just having to make um, big decisions and just take care of things that he's used to having a help meet for. And we just pray, God, that in all that, you would just be gracious and kind. And then we also pray for Alice with the loss of her husband. We just ask your hand, God, of comfort and, and um, grace. And God, we thank you for all the requests that are being lifted up to you tonight and all the things we have to praise you for, knowing that you are a good God and you delight to hear our prayers and to answer us according to your will. And so we just rejoice and praise you in all that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's sing our next song together, please. Good evening. Welcome. So good to see you, ladies and gentlemen. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave blessed consolation that my trials come to only make me strong through it all through it all I've learned to trust in Jesus I've learned to trust in Our choir sang that on Sunday. Wasn't it a blessing? It's a good reminder that every trial we go through, we go through it with him for a purpose. Every single trial, he wastes nothing. He is that good, that generous, and that kind. Other prayer requests, be thinking. Someone have one? Yes, Veronica. And while the microphone is moving to you, I want to praise the Lord for Murky's surgery that she had. She had her left eye done yesterday, and she praises the Lord that all went well. She's currently recovering at home. She is not ready to drive at night yet. But she also wants us to pray because she's going to have the other eye done on February 6th. She wants us to pray for courage and peace of mind. Can you imagine having surgery on your eye? It does not sound very pleasant. Kenny, you like it? I knew you did. He gets shots <laughs> in his eye regularly, and I know that's not much fun. Veronica. Amen. Um, if, 
I just want to praise God that my sister-in-law's service was amazing. Amen. Um, I know that four people went up for salvation, so it was a true blessing. Uh, and that's all he preached was the gospel. He didn't preach anything else. So that was really amazing. But also, if you could pray for my friend Mike Truzeros. He listens to us online. He had a mal stroke, a mal heart attack. And then he had to have a procedure for a vein in his neck, which was successful to prevent another uh, stroke. But he still needs prayer for his heart. He still has some issues with his heart. So if you all could keep him in prayer. And uh, pray for my roommates that will be coming, um, I guess, officially tomorrow. Okay. So pray for me and pray for them. Okay? That's big. Thank okay. you. Okay. Troy, are you comfortable praying for those requests? Sure. So we're going to pray for Murky's surgery next week and for Veronica's praises and prayer requests. Lord, we thank you for the good day it's been. We thank you for all you provided for us. We thank you that murky surgery went well and that uh, we'll, we ask in advance that the next one would go as well. With Veronica's request and her praise, especially as she's got roommates coming, that the transition and the adjustment period would go well. We thank you for these things. Lord, I'd also lift up Beth and Joseph as that everything that Joseph's been through in the last few weeks with this, they know now it's C. diff, but also that he had just had another scope today that the, looks like the, from what the doctor said, the C. diff is clearing up, but they're also still concerned about the possible rejection and that the, they're looking for the answers on this next pathology report from this from the scope today that you just be with him there be with Joe personally as he is struggling emotionally and mentally asking why all this is going on and that this kind of really the first time that he's done that ever in his life he's just always taken it and just dealt with it May you just give him your comfort, your strength to be able to accept what is going on and to trust you. I thank you for the good, week, the good weekend that we had at the men's prayer advance. I would just pray that the decisions that the guys, all of us made while we were there, will stick. And we thank you for these things in your son's name. Amen. Andy Sullivan's friend, Jim McDaniel, had a stroke. Do you remember us praying for him? Well, Andy Sullivan is praising God for the progress that he's made and that today is his 60th birthday, so that's exciting. He does want us to continue praying for Mr. McDaniel because he has a lot of limitations on his right side. His mobility is affected. Uh, his wife, Pam, and their family, and they're all trying to just adjust to this new way of life, trying to get him around and make him able to do the things he wants to do. And he'd also like prayer for him because he had contact with patient zero at the men's prayer advance, and he's not feeling so hot. So we want to pray for Andy as he's also feeling under the weather. Arthur. I paid off my car last night. Whoa. It's a five-year note. We paid it off in two years. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. God is good. It always feels good to be free from that lender, doesn't it? 
<laughs> That's awesome. Who else? Praise, prayer requests, anything at all? Well, let's pray for Brother Jim McDaniel. Father, we thank you so much for uh, Andy staying in close contact with his dear friend as he's had his stroke seven weeks ago. I do pray, Father, for his recovery, that it would be strong, that he would be complete, that he would adjust to whatever limitations you choose to keep in his life. We know, Father, that there's not one part of his body that is not under your control. You could certainly make him walk just as good as new right now, God. We have a complete faith in you, and we want to see him healed, Father. So we ask you to do that. We also ask for grace for his wife and his family as they spend time with him, walking around, trying to get used to how he is now. I pray that their adjustment would be smooth. We also pray for Andy as he's recovering from a cold after the men's prayer advance. I pray that you'd strengthen him, encourage him, and give him a fresh touch today. Just give him the encouragement he needs to make it through this illness. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, and we praise you, God, that the Moorlands were able to pay off their car. That is a big deal. Every resource is yours. And you saw fit to give them enough to pay off a car in the midst of great job stress and all kinds of other things. A difficult economy. You're that good, Father. You own it all. Thank you for sharing and loving the Moorlands like you do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, anyone else? Let's do another song. Let's get that on the screen for me. But anyone else want to have a praise or prayer request after the song? This is the quietest I've ever had you. Thank you, Kenny. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. I will sing. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord with my mouth will i make known thy faithfulness thy faithfulness with my mouth will i make known thy faithfulness to all generations i will sing of the mercies of the lord forever i will sing I will sing, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. In what ways can we sing of the mercies of the Lord? What are some great things that we experience because of his mercy? Grace, health, what else? Salvation, forgiveness lack of destruction here we are right we have food all because of his mercy he's so very good kenny i get my shots next tuesday i was supposed to get them this past monday but i had a cough so i canceled the canceled the appointment but pray that i can get it done next tuesday Good. Are you experiencing any ill effects because you had to wait or no? No. Okay, good. Well, I mean, my vision's a little bit blurry, but not, not that bad. Okay, good. Anyone else? Tara Best, microphone's on its way. 
you might want to pop off your earphones because it could create a weird feeling for you to hear yourself coming back. Um, if you could just remember my mom, Marge, in prayer. Um, she's 88, and she's usually pretty tough, but she's struggling a lot with um, pain in her hip. And I got her into the doctor, and they said it was um, severe arthritis and degeneration. So I made an appointment with the pain doctor, and um, he said that um, she um, needed a Doppler. So they did that, waiting on the results. They furthered orthopedics. But she's finally realizing she's probably going to need to move and still trying to decide where. She doesn't really like the traffic and everything in our area. So it would take a long time to clear out her house. So just pray for wisdom and how we can help. Amen. I thank you so much for being so sweet to your mom. David, do you mind praying for Kenny's eyes, his injections, and Tara's mother? Dear Lord, thank you for uh, this evening. This time we can come together and pray for uh, Kenny Morgan and his uh, injections she gets in his eyes, Lord. Uh, we pray that uh, ultimately this uh, helps. It, it probably helps. It won't reverse what's been done, probably, but... Lord, um, he, he is a blessing to uh, a number of us here. Lord, thank you for everything that he does and the encouragement that he is, Lord. We pray for Tara's mom. and Lord, um, you, you know, uh, the realization of uh, age comes to everybody. And um, n no matter what, how invincible you think you are, it, 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 it just doesn't happen as you get older. And um, Lord, pray for um, Tara and I as uh, we make decisions, Lord, um, as to where possibly she's moving to. And, and also Tara's brother, um, down in Texas, um, we all have a part in this, and Lord, it's been um, a long time in coming, but uh, it's here now. And uh, Lord, just give us uh, wisdom as we plot out uh, the course for um, Tara's mom, Lord. Um, so just uh, give us strength. Also, thank you that. Tara was able to get her in to, um, to see the doctor and to have some tests run, Lord. Um, but uh, thank you for leading and guiding us uh, through this. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to continue in prayer for a few of the names on our lost list because these are new names. Father, you care about these people so deeply. The only reason they don't yet know you is because they are deceived and because of the hardness of their heart. So, Father, we pray for every single name on our list, knowing that they are very much cared for by you. They are loved by someone in our church, loved enough to be added to this list. We pray for Ray Aguila, 
Barbara Jillison, Jillsonen, Tristan Douglas, Elizabeth Douglas, Peter Demos, Evelyn and William Doolittle, William Fox, Linda Campbell, Wade Campbell, Tiffany, Afia Twinaboa, Scooby, Peter Demos. God, these people are real people. They're not just names on a page. They have souls, they have emotions, they have affections. God, we pray earnestly that their affections would turn toward you. We want to see their heart changed so that their mind can change, so that their affections can change, so that every part of them can be reborn by the power of Christ. Please, Father, let us see a good report in the coming weeks of people off of this list being saved. You are the one who has the power to do it. Send faithful people to share with them and to disciple them and to show them the way to the narrow gate. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you all stand with me as we sing one song as Pastor comes down to preach this evening? I want to sing just a good, simple classic. Lord, you are more precious than silver. Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are more beautiful than diamonds, and nothing I desire compares with you. And one more. I love you, Lord. Let me hear you. And I lift my voice to worship you, O my soul. Rejoice, take joy, my King. In what you hear, may it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Amen. You may be seated. Good evening. There is a lot of sickness going around. We do need to keep praying for each other. I've already heard of four guys sick that went on the, uh, to the prayer advance, so something was definitely going on down there, or maybe on the bus. I don't know. But we need to pray for one another. Well, let's go to 1 John chapter 4 tonight. And I do ask you to be praying also. Pastor Chuck and I will go to, uh, are planning to go to Peru on the 19th, uh, we've got to, uh, it's just very different this time. We're used to going, when we go to Guatemala, we call Ron Maggard and say, hey, we want to come. How about these dates? He checks everything. Yep, those dates are good. Come on. All we have to do is buy plane tickets. We get to the airport. He's got everything covered. He gets everybody from the airport to Shehuyu, which is about a four-hour drive, takes care of all the meals. He's got translators in place. Everything's done. He's got it set up where we're going, what day. It's all organized. We have none of that. 
So we've got to go down there and figure out where we're going to stay, how we're going to get from one place to another to get to the church each day, food, uh, translators. We have to work out all those details. So pray for us because uh, we do have a contact in Peru that's going to meet us on this trip. I didn't even know what we were going to do. I thought we might be taking taxis and winging it down there. I speak enough Spanish to get us into trouble, but not enough Spanish to get us out of trouble. So that could have been bad too. But uh, I talked to a guy last night who's the sponsoring pastor within the country. He sent out of his church, uh, Robert Marino. So he knows him well. He said, I'll meet you at the airport. I'll take you wherever you want to go. Uh, I'll help you. So he's going to help us set everything up. He's an American teaching in the Bible college there. And uh, so I'm praising the Lord for that. But there's a lot to be worked out, figured out to make it all work. So please uh, be praying for that. Well, First John chapter 4, we're going to look tonight at the subject of false prophets. It's a very important subject for our day. Uh, we did just look at this on Sunday in Acts chapter 20. Uh, I don't know if it was a week and a half ago or two and a half weeks ago recently because Paul addresses it in Acts chapter 20. He tells the elders at Ephesus, uh, the Ephesian elders, he wasn't at Ephesus, but he met with them and said, I know that after I leave, grievous wolves are going to come in and not spare the flock. And he, he warned them 2,000 years ago, this is going to happen after I'm gone. And we certainly see it today. So let's look in 1 John 4, uh, the first three verses. I'm going to try to get through six verses tonight. But the first three, it says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. And let's pray. Father, teach us tonight from your world. There are many, many false prophets in this world, false teachers, even false Christ, some who claim to be Christ. We know, God, that they are not. But God, teach us tonight from your word so that we can be better equipped to recognize false prophets, false teachers, and to help others when the need arises. We love you and thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's a long history of false prophets. All the way back in Deuteronomy, God warned the Israelites before they even got into the promised land. He warned them about false prophets. He said, if they prophesy something and it doesn't happen, they didn't get it from me. Because God's never wrong. And when God told a prophet, this is going to happen, it happened. But there were a lot of people speaking for God who weren't speaking from God. They were just speaking whatever they wanted to say and claiming it was from God. Why someone would do that, I don't know. I fear God. I don't ever want to say, thus saith the Lord, if the Lord didn't thus say. 
Um, I've been wrong at times. Certainly anybody can be wrong. But to, to know that God didn't tell you, especially uh, when you go back to the Deuteronomy and there wasn't, they didn't have a Bible, to be saying, well, God said this and God had not said it. That's crazy in my mind. I don't know why a man would do that. He's either demon-possessed, he's certainly demon-influenced, uh, or maybe has a death wish, because you know God killed people for that more than once in the Old Testament. Uh, but there were a lot of false prophets. Isaiah warned about them in Isaiah 8.20. It says, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. According to this word. Anybody that speaks contrary to this word is wrong. Period. I, I don't care how spiritual they may seem to be. They are a false prophet if what they say doesn't line up with the word of God. Uh, they might uh, look good and act good. And there may even be miracles going on around them. You know, the devil does do miracles. Remember when uh, uh, Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. And he threw his rod on the ground. It became a snake. And then the magicians of Egypt did the same thing. They could copy it. But, of course, Moses' snake ate all of their snakes. Uh, and Moses poured water on the ground. It turned into blood. They did the same thing. The devil can do some miracles. But he can't defeat God. Amen. He cannot defeat God. And there's people out there doing false miracles, claiming to be different things. If they don't line up with the word of God, do not listen to them. They're a false prophet. Jeremiah 5.31 says, The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests bear rule by their means, and my people love to have it so. And I talked about that on Sunday morning a couple weeks ago. The people loved false prophets. Isn't that sad? But they love, people love false prophets today. Yep. Uh, they love the preachers who tell them, you know what? God is love. And God loves everybody. And of course, you're not perfect, but it's okay. God loves you. You're still going to heaven. It's like, wait, what about repentance? What about trusting Jesus Christ? What about being born again? No, no, no. God loves you. You're okay. It's all good. A loving God would not send anybody to hell. That's a lie. Amen. It sounds good, and people love to hear it. And there's books along those lines, and there's false prophets and false teachers all over the place. And there are some very large churches, I have to put in quotes because they're not real churches, but they call themselves a church, and they preach a false gospel that you're good, you're going to heaven. You don't, Jesus is not the only way. That's a lie. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Anybody who tells you otherwise is lying. He's a false prophet. Get away from him. Well, that's not fair to the Muslims. That's not fair to the Jews. They don't know about Jesus. Listen, they have every opportunity to be saved. Everybody does. God put a witness in nature, and anybody who responds to the witness that God has given them, he'll give them more. Uh, Romans 1 talks about it. It says they are without excuse. No one has an excuse. Nobody's going to stand before God and say, I never had a chance. 
Yes, you did. Everybody did. Everybody does. Uh, any prophet who's not by the word of God is false. Peter, in 2 Peter 2, 1, said, but there were false prophets also among the people. He talked about there were false prophets in the Old Testament and more false prophets coming. Uh, I mentioned Acts 20. Paul warned about them. In 2 Timothy 3.13, it says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Many false teachers are deceived themselves. They really think that they're right. They really believe what they're saying. Uh, there was a, a book that I think it made the New York Times bestseller list uh, called Love Wins. became very popular because basically this man who had been a uh, pastor of uh, an evangelical church came to the conclusion that ultimately the love of God wins and people go to hell, but they don't stay there. They get moved out of hell to heaven because love wins god is a god of love and he's not going to leave them in hell forever he's going to bring them out and they're going to be in heaven and everybody's going to go to heaven that doesn't line up with the word of god at all he takes some scripture here and there and twists them into a pretzel and says you know god is love so everybody's going to heaven. That is not what the Bible teaches. Look, I wish he were right, but he's not. That's not how it works. Uh, if you, and I heard somebody say, well, how could a loving God send people to hell? And asked a man a question, he gave a great answer. He said, look, God will not force himself upon you. If you choose to be separated from God, that is your choice. And you choose that now, you're going to have that for all eternity. You will be separated from God. That's hell. Hell is eternal separation from God. Now, that doesn't mean you're just separated and not with God. It is a place of torment. It is where the demons will be. It is where many demons are right now. All of the demons will end up there. The devil himself will end up there. And it is a place of torment. It will be a horrible, awful place. But it is real. We have a responsibility to tell people the truth understanding that there are false prophets they're waxing worse and worse they're deceiving they're being deceived in second timothy chapter 4 and verse 3 says for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears in other words they get teachers who tell them what they want to hear just tell us what we want to hear even in the Old Testament, there was a place where the people said, prophesy smooth things. Just tell us good things. Just give us good news. Don't tell us bad stuff. Don't tell us that God hates our sin and we better repent or we're going to face judgment. Lie to us and tell us good things. And that's what they were asking prophets to do. Many of the prophets were killed or, or tortured, persecuted, for simply telling the truth. God sent prophets to warn people, listen, repent, and you can have God's blessing. He loves you. He cares about you. Repent. And they're like, no, 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 we don't want to hear that. We want to hear that our sin is okay. We want to hear that whatever we do is all right. 
that we can do our own thing and it's all good. And, you know, things have not changed in thousands of years. It's exactly what's going on. Teachers, they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. That's where we are. Now, look at verse 2 again. He said, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. This is that spirit of Antichrist. So what they say about Jesus tells us a lot about them. Tells us who they really are. Now, remember, I'm sure you don't remember. It's been a long time since we were in 1 John chapter 1. I told you that John was dealing with two prevalent false doctrines of his day that we do not deal with today. And, and both of these said that Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh. There were the Gnostics. You might have heard of Gnosticism. Gnosticism believes that flesh is evil. So Jesus, being God, being pure, could not possibly have come in the flesh because flesh is evil. Except that the Bible says that he came in the flesh. And I'm going with the Bible, not them. The other group were, was Docetism. Docetism said that Jesus just seemed to have a body. He didn't really have a physical body. It just looked like it. It was some grand illusion or something. Jesus did not come in the flesh. Both of these groups said Jesus did not come in the flesh. So that's what John was dealing with in his day. And he, he said, anyone who says that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Now, we live in a very different day and age from what it was nearly 2,000 years ago that John faced. John faced people saying, Everybody in John's day believed Jesus was God. Now, I won't say everybody. Uh, there, were, there were Jews who, of course, did not believe that. They did not believe Jesus was the Messiah. But anyone in John's day who believed Jesus was indeed the Messiah absolutely affirmed he was God. But they had a problem with he was human. They didn't, no, no, flesh is evil. He just seemed to have a body. He wasn't really human. He was God and just seemed to. In our day, we have more the opposite. We've got people who are, you know, call themselves Christian or, or well, yeah, they call themselves Christian. They're of the a Christian faith. They go to a church, sort of. Um, they believe Jesus was human, but they choke on Jesus was God. Uh, right around the corner here is the Kingdom Hall of Jehovah's Witnesses. They say Jesus was a God, not the God. They don't accept that. He was not God. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity, the three in one. Just as, uh, well, right across the page for most of you, it is from on my Bible, it might be the next page, 1 John 5, 7. For our, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, that's Jesus, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. That's the plainest statement on the Trinity in the Bible. Yep. 
It's very clear. These three are one. We call it the Trinity. Some people will argue, well, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. They're right. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. Does that mean it doesn't exist? Well, the word Bible is not in the Bible. Does that mean there is no Bible? Of course not. Uh, Bible comes from the Latin Biblia. Trinity comes from the Latin, I don't know what, but it comes from the Latin. I don't know what word it comes from. Uh, a, a lot of our words are, are transliterated from Latin. But just because Trinity is not in there doesn't mean there's no Trinity. Jesus is God. So you can get hung up on verse 2, and of course it's repeated in verse 3. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. So anybody who believes, yes, Jesus was a good teacher, he was human, he was a good teacher, uh, they're of God. Don't miss what he said there. He said that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. That's very important. Because the word Christ is the Greek word for the Hebrew word Messiah. It's the same thing. It means anointed. The Messiah had to be God. Anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Christ is acknowledging that Jesus is God. Now, in our day, they kind of changed the meaning of words, so that may not, they might say, oh, yeah, yeah, I believe Jesus was the Messiah, but I don't believe he was God. Well, that's like saying, yes, I believe that God the Son is not actually God. That doesn't make any sense, does it? The Messiah had to be God. He was called in the Old Testament and the New Testament, Emmanuel, God with us. It was very clear. Uh, scholars, even Jewish scholars, knew the Messiah had to be God. So when he says any of them believe Jesus Christ, if they believe Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ, they believe Jesus is God. And he said, if, basically he's saying, if they believe Jesus is God and Jesus is God come in the flesh, fully God, fully man, that's of God. If they don't believe that, they're not of God. If they don't believe that, it's antichrist. Now, antichrist, we use the term today meaning uh, as being one person who's going to rise up in the tribulation period and he's going to, uh, you know, do all these evil things. And there certainly is a man that's going to do all that. But the term antichrist, uh, biblically, and as John uses, uses it here, is saying the spirit of antichrist. It's a, anti means against or instead of. It's against Jesus. It's instead of Jesus. And certainly the man that's going to rise up in, the, in Revelation, he's referred to as a man, well, man of perdition is in uh, Thessalonians. Um, false prophet. There's different terms used, and there's some debate. Is this the beast? Is this the false prophet? And I don't want to get into all that tonight because we're not in Revelation. Uh, but it doesn't use in Revelation for him. I, I don't think at all I could be wrong. The term, the Antichrist. It's not a term that is typically, typically used in the Bible when you see Antichrist. I, in fact, earlier he said there's many Antichrists. It's not just one person as we pictured in our minds today who's coming. It is there was a spirit of Antichrist that has been in the world for 2,000 years now. Because he said, 
the end of verse 3, and even now already is it in the world. So there are false prophets. What they believe about Jesus and teach about Jesus will tell us an awful lot about them. Uh, You can recognize them quickly that way. We do need to recognize that there are a lot of false prophets out there. We need to understand some of the things they use. And again, this is repeated some from what I said um, Sunday morning a few weeks ago. Uh, Genesis 3.1, when the, the devil entered into the serpent, went to Eve and said, Yea, hath God said. He questioned, did God really say that? He questioned the word of God. He wanted Eve to question God, God's word, and he also presented his temptation in a way that God's holding out on you. You know, there's there's great things out there that God doesn't want you to have. Portrayed as if God is selfish or God's just not, not all loving, which of course God is love. He's perfect love. And once nothing, God has never done anything outside of love. Never. He is incapable of operating outside of love because he is love. But the devil portrayed it like, oh, God doesn't want you to have this. And it really is something good. And you know, the devil still does that to us today. You know, he still presents things like, oh, this is a good thing. You should do this. This is good. God just doesn't want you to have what's best. These are lies. He's using the same stuff he has for thousands of years. Um, A little leaven, Jesus said, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. The devil mixes truth with error. He'll mix truth in. Even when he tempted Jesus, uh, Jesus quoted scripture to him, so the devil quoted scripture. said, you know, it is written this, so... Go ahead and do this. And Jesus said, no, it is written. Uh, The devil was tempting him to throw himself off the temple. He said, it is written, the angels have guard over you. You won't even dash your foot against a stone. So uh, why don't you go ahead and do this? And he's like, no, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Jesus always answered the devil with scripture. We need to learn from that. When the devil comes in, he's like, wait a minute, devil. Mm Mm-mm. The Bible says this. Know your Bible. It'll help you stand against the enemy. Uh, when he comes with his lies, when he comes twisting Scripture, and he will do that. He'll, he'll give you ten truths just to slip in one lie. And a lot of false prophets will be very, very good in many ways, and then boom. Yeah, yeah, being born again, that's great. Jesus died for our sins, absolutely. He rose again the third day, but he's not the only way to heaven. Wait, you got truth, 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 lie. And they'll minimize the lie. But the lie is very powerful and ruins everything. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. We don't deal with leaven so much today, so we can't picture that. But you know what happens if you have a bag full of apples and one of them's rotten? You better get it out of there because they're all going to go rotten in a hurry. One bad apple will ruin the whole bunch. Uh, The devil likes to just slip in a little bit. He varies his methods. In 1 Peter 5.8, he comes as a roaring lion. In 2 Corinthians Corinthians 11.14, he comes as an angel of light. 
Sometimes he looks good. Sometimes he's clearly wicked and evil. He uses people. He used Peter. He used Job's wife. We need to remember we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And we need to be on guard because he can use me and you too. You know, the, the devil speaks through people. He never sleeps, doesn't rest, he doesn't get tired, he just keeps attacking. And we're told to be sober and be vigilant because he's out there. False teachers on the job all the time. We need to be aware of them. And we need to remember the source of the false teachers certainly is the devil. But again, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. In Matthew chapter 16, let's go there for a minute. Matthew 16. Let's look at what happened with Peter here. Matthew 16, picking up in verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven." Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Can you imagine rebuking Jesus? saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. No, Jesus, you got it wrong. That's not going to happen. That's what he's telling Jesus. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the thing that be, things that be of God, but those that be of men. So here's Peter makes this great profession, Thou art the Christ the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, you are blessed, Peter. You didn't get that from flesh and blood. You got that from my Father, the Holy Spirit. Awesome. Great job. I think Peter kind of got a little puffed up. He had a problem with pride. That's pretty clear in the Scriptures. And so Jesus starts telling him, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be taken by the chief priests and they're going to crucify me but I'm going to rise the third day and Peter's like no Jesus no 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 that is not going to happen and Jesus looks at Peter and says get thee behind me Satan because Jesus recognized what was behind Peter's words Peter great profession of faith one minute 
Shortly afterwards, he's speaking for the devil. Every one of us is capable of speaking for the devil. Don't think you can't do it. We all can. I don't want to say we all will. Most likely we all have. At some point, spoken uh, lack of faith. Lack of faith is of the devil. It's not of God. Uh, When we speak lack of faith, we're, we're doing the devil's work. Well, I knew God wouldn't answer that prayer. Or, you know, I know you're praying for that, but don't get your hopes up. That's the devil's work. Don't go there. If you're thinking it, you, can, you don't have to say it. Uh, confess the sin of even thinking it. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be thinking lack of faith. We need to trust God. Uh, let's go back to 1 John. I only have a few minutes left. Remember, in verse 5, they, these are the Antichrist, they are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And I skipped over verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There's false prophets they're of the devil. We've overcome them because Jesus Christ is in us. We have the victory. The victory is already ours. We just need to remember God's word. We need to remember we have the Holy Spirit. He gave us the Holy Spirit uh, to give us discernment, to give us wisdom. When you hear somebody speak, Just because they look good and they sound good doesn't mean it's of God. Weigh it against the Bible. Pray. God, give me wisdom here. Is this of you? Is this something I should be hearing or not? I I can remember years ago, I I heard somebody say something in preaching, and and I knew he was a good, sound preacher, but I heard it thought, no, no, that's not right. That's not right. And then I heard the same thing again. And I heard it again. I said, wait a minute. And I was a young Christian. I started looking at the Bible and said, oh, they're right. I'm wrong. They're right about this. Weigh everything against the Word of God. Uh, Sometimes we have things, it's it's just deep ingrained in us because that's the way I always heard it. Well, the way you always heard it might not be right. We've got some things we just kind of assume. There's some things that just are not true. For example, you get a manger set, you're going to find three wise men in it. The Bible never says there were three wise men. It says wise men from the east came bearing gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There were three different gifts. It doesn't say how many wise men. Could have been two, could have been 102. We have no idea. All it says is wise men from the east. But everybody thinks there's three. I don't know who came up with three, but that's commonly taught. Somebody even gave them names. I don't know how that happened. I was asked the names of the three wise men. I said, we don't even know that there were three. I sure don't know their names. But some people have named them. 
uh, Noah took two of every animal into the ark with him. That's not true. Did you know that's not true? He took two of every unclean animal. He took seven of every clean animal. And when they got off the ark, he offered one of each of the clean animals as a sacrifice to God. So there were left six, three male, three family, female. That's of the clean. The unclean was two by two. But you won't see a picture of Noah's ark with the seven cows on there, will you? It's always two by two. Weigh everything by the word of God. Go with God's word, not the traditions of men. And there's certainly a lot of false teaching out there. Let's pray. Father, help us to be on guard. False prophets are everywhere. They're all around us. And some of them look really good and sound really good. And we must weigh everything by your word. Help us to be faithful to do that. To be in your word. Oh, if we don't know your word, we're susceptible to all kinds of delusion and false teaching. So bless us, God. Teach us. Use us. Help us to beware. Help us, God, to rightly divide the word of truth, to rightly discern your word. God, protect us and bless us as we go. Bring us back safely on Sunday. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.